it's all about your support team. Um, yeah, both in birth and postpartum and really being sure you're with a care provider who hears you, who will listen to your questions and not be annoyed by them, <laughs> you know, who shows a sign that they'll really respect you in birth. And not just that part of your support team, but really thinking through who do you want to be there with you? Is it your partner? Is it a mom? Is it a friend? Is it a doula? Is it maybe a couple of those? Welcome to Fit as a Fiddle. My name is Dr. Sneha Ghazi, and I'm a physical therapist and business owner in New York City. Each episode, we bring you phenomenal guests in the health and wellness industry who share inspiring tips and tangible advice. This podcast is for a community of people who want to keep their mind, body, and spirit healthy and thriving. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe, review, and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our next episode on our series of healthcare professionals that work with all different types of people. Today, we have a childbirth educator and a doula. Her name is Lisa Taylor. She's an amazing soul, amazing human being, and she's located in Astoria, Queens. Lisa, welcome to the podcast, and please introduce your amazing line of work. Oh, sure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I am a, as you said, a, child, a certified childbirth educator, both with uh, certified with Lamaz, as well as the best, most thorough childbirth education association um, that exists, which is local. It's CEA. Um, it's Childbirth Education Association of Metropolitan New York. It's a bit of a mouthful. Um, and I'm also certified as a doula with Doulas of North America International, the main um, one, probably the biggest doula certifying organization. Um, I've been doing work, birth work for about nine years and um, started pursuing certification shortly after my second baby's birth. I just kind of caught the birth bug on the other side of birth and um, really sort of, uh, well, you, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. I'm probably like answering a question that you were going to ask already, but um, I'm just going to launch into what got me into that yeah. work, if that's okay. Absolutely. Please do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, as I said, caught the birth bug. I really just um, had my eyes opened a lot in my first pregnancy, especially to um, both how normal birth is and how it's not treated that way in our culture and how you know movies and TV just put out so many myths and so much drama and make it seem scary and frightening and it's just it, it shouldn't be that way I mean sometimes it is but the more often than not it is such a normal healthy physiological process and the vast majority of us uh, are low risk, which means that the chances are really, really high that it's going it, to go well, you know, and there's nothing to fear. And so I really, um, that kind of started, that knowledge, that knowledge started a little earlier with my, just the knowledge from my mom. Growing up with my mom, she had two um, unmedicated vaginal births that were, one, one of them actually had medication, but not pain medication. It was an induction, my, my sister, um, because her doctor was about to go away on vacation and he was a one doctor practice and he said okay we need to induce you but um but with me it was a spontaneous vaginal birth with without any pain medications and she just always was very empowering about birth with me growing up she just was like you know it's it's healthy it's like you can do it so that was really empowering and i was so grateful to grow up with that mindset to a degree um but then where i grew 
gained a lot of knowledge and had my eyes opened even more about birth is um, going to birth classes in my first pregnancy. I really had my eyes open to some of the challenges that we face in our maternal healthcare system, mm-hmm. which has been getting a lot of press lately, but wasn't getting the kind, that kind of press back. I'm going to date myself here. I have a 14-year-old and an 11-year-old. So this was back in 2004 that I started taking my own, um, my first birth classes in my first pregnancy. And just started realizing, wow, you know, there's a lot of over-reliance on technology, over-reliance on medications, and, mm. and the fear of a lawsuit really plays into mm. how many interventions are done and how yes. many C-sections are done. And we know now that um, C-sections are major abdominal surgery, and so mm. we shouldn't be doing them because they're more risky unless we need to. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to do them nearly as much as they're being done in the U.S. So, right. um, so I started realizing as I went to my first birth, my, my birth classes um, in my first pregnancy that uh, it's so important for women and couples to equip themselves with evidence-based information mm-hmm. where that exists. You know, we don't have evidence on everything, but we do have a lot, quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, and then also just equipping ourselves with like, how do we tune into our instincts and a healthy toolkit of pain coping strategies. Yeah. Um, and I just realized, wow, you know, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And, and that's right. what so many of my students say when they come to class after just even one class. They're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea how, there was, how much there was to learn. Yeah. You know, so, um, and that's exactly how I felt in my first pregnancy. And I promise you, I I am like 99.9% sure that if I had not taken birth classes in my first pregnancy, mm-hmm. that my birth would have gone in a completely different tra- trajectory. I would have yeah. I really think it would have ended up in a C-section. Oh, and wow. instead, it was an uncomplicated, fairly uncomplicated, um, unmedicated vaginal birth. Wow. So I just was like, oh my gosh, like I want to be part of that change. Yes. <laughs> you know, I really want to see more women and couples have positive birth experiences because mm-hmm. um, I, I know uh, one of your questions is what what impact do you think childbirth education and, and, and doula work birth work can make in the world I think that we can have a f- huge impact on helping people just improving families overall because when we can have a really positive empowering experience going mm-hmm. into parenting it's it, it's like night and day difference in the right. confidence that you feel and the happiness you feel and the joy you feel, mm-hmm. um, you know, as you become a parent, because it's a daunting thing to become a parent. And, and, um, you know, all too often in the US, people have negative or sometimes traumatic experiences, unfortunately, in birth, and that's not getting off on a good foot into going into parenting, you know, so I just really, um, I think that that education and that support is going to be really key. Um, One thing I didn't mention is I'm teaching full time. I do do doula work occasionally, but I, my parent, my kids are professional performers and I just don't have the bandwidth really to, to be on call. It's harder to be on call because the performing thing for my kids is very fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I am mostly teaching, but I um, have a really good solid recommendation list of doulas because that support is such a perfect ideal combination to have to really educate yourself 
and then have your, uh, one of my students recently described a doula as kind of compared it to a day of wedding coordinator. Ah, that's beautiful because you're like your doctor or your midwife, your care provider is there mostly for the baby. They're there for you to some extent, but they're not there to like support you through it and mm -hmm. help you make informed decisions and all that. And so the doula can be your brain in, in your birth when you don't have, you're not in that part of your brain in birth with all the primitive hormones that are mm -hmm. surging through your body um, in, in giving birth. Often we forget all the stuff that we learned, and our partners do too, because they yeah. kind of enter this whole high stress. <laughs> yeah, and they alter. We we all have this altered perception of reality, and just altered state, and perception of time and space. And, mm -hmm. and so to have somebody really level-headed, who's been, who's seen a lot of birds and knows that broad range of normal, mm -hmm. it's a really, really ideal um, combination to have that like day of support. Yeah. I like that you just said broad range of normal because as a pelvic floor therapist, I see a broad range of normal. And a lot of people will ask me, is it normal for this to happen? Is it normal for that to happen? And the answer is it's really variable sometimes. And what's normal for one person's body type may not be for another or vice versa. Yeah. So I really like that you say that because I think that there's a lot of status quo for women out there on how they should do things or why they should do things. But the truth is that you do you because there's a lot of different information out there. There's a lot of different people who are trying to feed you different information, whether it's right or wrong, irrelevant, but what's right for you is what's relevant. Absolutely. Yeah. I say you do you all the time in class because yeah, there's, there's almost, when we get into newborn care and breastfeeding and postpartum wellness, I always say that, that like there's almost no one right way to do anything. Yeah. You know, it's going to be very individualized. And, mm -hmm. and so I, I always want to support and, and encourage students, par expected parents to really tune into those instincts and to get to know their baby and then do the right thing for themselves and their babies. Exactly. Gonna, yeah. So I love that you said that. <laughs> That's great. great. I'm really happy that you, you look at it that way because I think the more that we kind of, and I think it has to do with empowering the woman and her family as well, like her partner and Absolutely. her decisions and making sure that, you know, people ask me, they're like, should I get a C-section or a vaginal delivery? I'm like, that is not a question I'm answering for you. That is, yeah. I can provide you with some information and some yeah. evidence-based statistics and some facts, and that's yeah. it. I'm not yeah. going to make your life decision because that's a life decision. That yeah. could affect the, uh, like your body and your future pregnancies traumatically and dramatically. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to make that decision for you as a public floor physical therapist, but I can tell you, well, here's some articles that you can look at or here's some research that you can take a look at to make an informed decision for you and your mm -hmm. family. And it's also a lot of it is genetics and did your mom have this and that? And sometimes that gets passed down. So I want you to consult with your family members and the types of births they had and the things that they did because I'm sure that plays a part in your decision making as well. Speaking mm -hmm. of which, how much do you see that um, just on a societal way for the clients that you treat, that mothers or mother-in-laws are involved in the childbirth process. How do you, like, do you find that that's a thing or not really? Interesting. Um, that sometimes comes up in class. Mm -hmm. Some, uh, not as often as I think in terms of like it's being there at the birth. Um, 
it's more common that that parents might be coming to support the couple after the woman or the couple with their baby after the birth. But um, but something that we we process in class together is being really careful and thoughtful with who you're going to allow to be in your laboring space. We go over, go over the hormones and the physiology and just they, they start to learn how um, the state, the energy in the room is really going to impact, have an impact on how you're laboring mm. and how long or short things will tend to be. Yeah. Will things progress? Will things kind of get held up? Um, and so I, I, we, it, whenever the, you know, people bring up who they're going to have in the room with them, I say just really think carefully about the dynamics and those, the relationship, first of all. Think about how you um, what's, what's the relationship in terms of like, do you want them to be hands-on in labor? Do you want them to just sort of sit in a corner and just be present, you know, or do you want them to be available to go run, get pizza or (laughs) you know, do an errand run? Um, or maybe they shouldn't, you know, what is their perception of birth? If they're really scared and going to be nervous, which, you know, a lot of times our parents can be pretty scared for us. Yeah. when they've never seen us in this kind of intensity before. And so to really be careful and think about that. And if, if you think at all that they're going to be really scared or nervous, maybe they shouldn't be in the room during labor. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's really answering if that was the thrust of your question, but, um, but that's just the way that we process it quite a bit in class. And then also in postpartum, really thinking carefully about that too, in terms of um, when we talk about the timing, there's, three points in time that I encourage them to really think about having support or a backup plan for support. And, and that is, um, I don't know how much detail you want me to go into, but I'm going to no, just I would love to hear. You can stop me if I, if I'm do, going on too much. Um, the first time is the kind of the most obvious one and it may be the least important. I usually say because so it's the time when you come home from initially with your baby from wherever you've given birth mm-hmm. and um and that is maybe important maybe not because if um well if it's a single parent I certainly would would recommend having support at that point in time but m- more often it's it's the couple and they're going to be home for a certain amount of time together maybe it's a week maybe it's 6 weeks who knows probably on the shorter end, given our terrible leave policies mm-hmm. in, the, in the States. Although New York did start some paid family leave. So we yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yay, I'm so glad. Um, so just maybe that's important. Maybe that's not the more important and probably the most important time to really build in support is if it's going to be, be a scenario in this family's household for one parent to leave, to go back to work um, outside the home and especially if it's before that six weeks of initial healing um, and just needing to rest and, and heal, um, that's the time if that happens where one person leaves and the other per- parent is left home with the baby that they start to feel overwhelmed. They start to feel isolated. They might start mm-hmm. to struggle with some feelings of depression or anxiety or some other um, issues that we talk about in class in the postpartum wellness mm-hmm. topic. Um, the third time that I just just mentioned that you may want to have a backup plan for support is around six weeks to two months of the baby's age is um, the time that the amount of crying peaks in any 24-hour period 
um, around that period of time is when babies are going to cry the most that they ever will. Mm. And if it's going to be a scenario for one parent to be home with the baby in the like late afternoon hours, like four ish PM when we're having, we're like feeling like we need a cup of coffee or tea or a nap. And, and that's when babies going on, go on a crying jag. If so, yeah. and I, you know, I always say you never know where your baby will be on the spectrum. You'll like, you may end up with a baby who's not crying a, much at all. You may end up with like a colicky baby. And there's a, there are a lot of things that we go through in class that help reduce the baby's need to cry, mm -hmm. but to some extent above and beyond that, that's out of our control. Right. And so if that's a scenario where they'll be home alone with the baby around 4 p.m. ish and they're, um, they're, they, they do have a baby on that higher end of the spectrum, then you may want to have a backup plan for support during that time as well. Exactly. And we talk about, you know, building in that support in very specific ways in class. Yeah. Um, including postpartum doulas, if somebody doesn't have family yeah. or friends who can support them. Oh. Um, and we go through a lot of, I, I, I always am sure to talk about the pelvic floor health and core health and in the postpartum and, and giving resources. I think that's one of the most important things that, that people can equip themselves with is resources like your name and your number and, and just even just before that, just kind of bringing to people's awareness, did you know there are people who specialize in pelvic floor health and core health and this postpartum healing and, and prenatal as well? And um, maybe it's a good idea to, when you're pregnant, go have that checked out. Um, yeah. Because we're always told, and I think you talked about this recently at, at the meeting we were at together, um, but it's, it's so true that like you... Um, we're, t we're told, oh, do your Kegels or Kegels, do your pelvic floor tightening. No one talks about the need to release. And no one talks about, too few people talk about how we, uh, some of us are tighter when in, you know, just in life from maybe we're a dancer and we've always, or an athlete and we've always been trained to keep things really tight or, but not limited to that, you know, mm -hmm. and what is the state of our pelvic floor? Because giving birth, we have to relax and release to let that baby out. So maybe that, like that education of going to some, a professional like you and learning, um, what is the state of my pelvic floor? Is it too tight? Is it too loose? Like, and let's yeah. kind of balance it out and learn how to to more effectively, more efficiently give birth and reduce um, injury to the pelvic floor. So I'm so excited about what you do, and I'm so oh. thankful to have professionals like you to refer my students to because they want it. Like once they know about it. They're so excited. They're like, wow. oh my gosh, I had no idea. And some of it they're not really hearing because they just, everybody thinks, oh, it's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to, you know, I hope I won't tear, yeah. um, you know, and they don't see that maybe there might be some issues, but at least when they come to class, they're getting that, those resources and just to know about it and that education to know it exists so that if they do have some, some issues to address, then you're right there. <laughs> Speaking my language, girl. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> pelvic floor, pelvic floor. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then what, if you could say that there's one single most, I know there's probably a million most important things, but one thing that you don't want somebody leaving your childbirth education class before they go into their labor and delivery. What is that one thing that no matter what you would want them to know for during that birth time? Mm. 
it's all about your support team. Um, yeah, both in birth and postpartum and really being sure you're with a care provider who hears you, who will listen to your questions and not be annoyed by them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, who shows a sign that they'll really respect you in birth. And not just that part of your support team, but really thinking through who do you want to be there with you? Is it your partner? Is it a mom? Is it a friend? Is it a doula? Is it maybe a couple of those? Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, And then into postpartum as well, just really equipping yourself with um, a pelvic floor therapist name and number and a name and number of uh, at least one lactation consultant for those who are aiming to breastfeed. Um, Postpartum doula, if you don't have support to help you around the house and help you with baby, um, and and if you're going to need that. That support team, I think that's the biggest, most critical thing, I think, to really feel supported and feel like you've had a really... um, healthy and, and positive and empowering journey into parenthood. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that I tell that to people a lot of the times after surgeries as well, when I'm going to treat them postoperatively, especially something traumatic like an ACL where you're actually going to be immobile for a little while. Um, I mean, birth is traumatic. It's an injury to the body. And while it's the most natural thing for somebody to go through, there are so many changes that happen. And I Absolutely. think that just like with any other injury or any other, you know, surgery with like C-sections, especially you need that support system for people who can do things for you and help you out. And even just emotionally, I'm sure it's just 90% of it is probably just an emotional confidence booster, um, kind of vibe around you to make sure that you're happy and you're feeling great that you just created this human. (laughs) Yeah. I always say people should, will discover their superhuman powers. And it, it's yeah. just, it's, it makes you feel like if I can do that, I can do anything. It's just, yeah. and your partner feels in all of you too. It's, oh, it's just amazing. Yeah, I love it. So yeah. tell us a little bit about how people can find you. Your online course, I believe you have something where people yeah. can download things as well. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. So if our audience wants to reach out and you know, maybe if they're in a different country, different town in America, they can at least get your resources and download them and buy yeah. Absolutely. So I teach um, local group classes. I also teach local private um, classes in people's homes in the five boroughs of New York City. And then I do have an online on-demand lifetime access course so that people will be able to not only use the course for this pregnancy, but will also be able to use it like for a refresher for future pregnancies. And they'll get any and all updates that I do over time because as new evidence comes out, I update my teaching. Um, so my recorded, my online course is basically the same, even with a little bit more content class content curriculum that I developed, um, have developed over the last nine years and continually improve. Mm -hmm. Um, same as what I teach in, in person, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, you can do it whenever, wherever you choose on any device you choose. That's awesome. Um, For people who take the online course who are local, I also offer an add-on of a comfort measures, an in-person workshop. Mm -hmm. So it's a, that's a really nice combo for people who are in New York, but can't maybe schedule the in-person full series. Then they could take the online course and then add on just that, like, it's like a one to one and a half hour, um, hands-on kind of, we do some like labor positions and some massage and some all kinds of, uh, hands-on pain coping techniques. 
So yeah, that's, um, and so my, my website is birthmattersnyc.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can find me there. Any of those awesome. class formats there. Technology is amazing. I'm so happy that like somebody in like 500,000 miles away can reach you yeah. and your work. I think that's fantastic that we're able to do that. I agree because there's so many places in uh, in the world and even in our country that there's just not there's yeah. not there aren't classes there's not yeah. education accessible so mm-hmm. um, yeah really grateful to be able to offer that yeah and they require the same amount of childbirth education as somebody in the busy urban New York City life too absolutely absolutely That's great <laughs> I'm so grateful that you are here with me today. I'm sure that the audience gained so much knowledge out of this. I encourage if you are um, prenatal, if you're thinking about getting pregnant, if you already have gone through a pregnancy and you're going to get pregnant again or are now, please check out Lisa's course. Um, It's fantastic and it has all the information that you need. Um, And reach out to her as well. Is there a contact information that people can maybe go through your website and reach out to you directly? Absolutely. Perfect. And you have social media that people can follow you at? I do. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those things at at Birth Matters NYC. At Birth Matters NYC. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lisa. I look forward to working with you more. Yeah, you too. (laughs) Take Um, care. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone gained a lot of new information out of this episode. Please subscribe and review the show. It means the world. I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode.